Let's go check in with Dan Miller, TV guy in Detroit, talented play-by-play voice of your Detroit Lions. Uh, he's standing by. Actually, I think it was Dan's tweet on Friday morning around 11.35, 11.40 that I saw, and I said, uh-oh. And then we began uh, telling everybody the story. And uh, Dan, from the first time you heard it to where we are today, uh, impact on the Lions and this upcoming season, what's your gut? Well, it's, it's an impact, obviously, because one of the guys that you're counting on uh, to be a significant part of this franchise isn't going to be around for six weeks. And, you know, you were hoping that this offseason would be big for him, the preseason would be big for him, and then he would hit the ground running to start next year as one of your main weapons. And now you're not going to have him for six weeks. So that that is significant. There's no doubt about it. But I think... You know, he can define himself and, and how he reacts to this because he can still take part in the offseason program. He can still take part in training camp. He can still play in the preseason games. So, look, he made a mistake. Uh, he's paying for that mistake. But how you handle it and how you react to it will go a long way towards defining, you know, your time with the Detroit Lions. I truly believe that. So, you know, now it's on. Jameson to make the most of the opportunities he has before he has to leave the team at final cut next the next summer. And I said last Friday that was the biggest thing. I thought how he handles this because the reality is no matter what the Twitterverse says or talk shows or anybody on TV like yourself, Dan, it's not a negative. Uh, he has to deal with the fact that he's lost close to seven million dollars in guaranteed money because he didn't follow the rules. Well, whatever the dollars are, um, it's this is an impact on him, and it is an impact on the organization. And everybody's got to find some way to deal with it. Um, there's a personal side of this. There's a football side of this. There's a financial side of this. There's there's a lot of different things that go into it. But you know, to, to put it simply, it is what it is. So you, you've got to now say, okay, uh, this is my reality. How do I make this? the best reality that I can and, 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 you know, deal with a mistake that I've made. Dan Miller, uh, radio voice of the Lions, TV guy in Detroit, joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. Uh, losing Jamison for that six games, does that change if you're Holmes and Campbell and that Lions war room when you're sitting on that second pick at 18, whether you trade down, trade up, uh, do you look stronger at a wide receiver now? I think it's on your board. I mean, I don't know that it puts them in a desperate situation. I think they still have time to address that. I do think you have to address it uh, because it's six games and your depth chart is now significantly thinner than it was. So I think that what you can't do is force it. Look, if you don't believe that uh, Quinton Johnston is, is a number one receiver and you share some people's concerns about his drops in college – you don't just vault him to the top of your board because you lost a wide receiver. I think that's one thing that, that Holmes has not done. He's not panicked. He's not forced himself to take somebody because of a need. He's, he's stuck to drafting the most talented players there that made the most sense. So, look, I think it's I, – I, I thought even before this at some point in this draft that they were going to draft a receiver. So it just – it depends on how the board matches up. Um, you know, some of the guys are smaller guys. I don't think a slot guy is necessarily what they're looking for. You know, you got one of the best slot guys in the league in Amon Ross. So I think that it just depends on on how things match up. But to your point, I do think it is something that will have to be addressed by trade or by free agents, obviously very, very thin at this point. There's not much left out there. Or by somebody in this draft. But I don't know necessarily that it vaults to the first round where you have to grab somebody in there in what 
you know, a lot of people consider to be not the best wide receiver draft that we've seen in quite some time. And look, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, you, you can make a case. We were just kind of chatting in, in the sports office here, just saying, okay, who, who's the best player on this football team? And you can make a case for a number of guys, but you can make a case for number 14 and drafted him in the fourth round. So, you know, Brad Holmes just has to find the right guy in the right place um, at the right, you know, for, for him when it makes sense at wide receiver and trust his gut from there. Dan Miller, Radio Voice of the Lions, joining us here on the Huge Show. So looking at Thursday night uh, at 6, and I, again, the best available moniker, which is heard uh, a gazillion times leading up to the draft and also during the draft, I, I are they in that best available when they're at six if a guy falls to them, no matter what position they're taking him, or do you think there's a different strategy? I think they're still looking at probably the, the best available that makes sense, and I think what makes sense is, is in all likelihood, look, if, if it seems like a defensive player, that it's going to be a defensive lineman or a cornerback, uh, it feels like to me. Um, I don't see him going quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they love one of these guys, and if he falls to him, they say, you know what, we can't pass him up because we think at some point he could be a starter in this league, and at that point you draft him. Um, we've gone through the Skoronsky thing. Maybe that makes sense if they feel like they're going to lose Jonah after this season and they want to keep that offensive line that this team is built around going. At the top of the list for me, I would say it still feels like it's going to be one of those defensive linemen or it's going to be a cornerback. And it just depends on how this thing breaks. I mean, all of a sudden we're seeing Tyree Wilson go above, you know, Will Anderson. Is that a fact? Is this going to be the second year in a row that somebody in front of the Lions drafts a defensive lineman based on potential more than output, which is what Wilson would be over Anderson? But it would be understandable if that's the way they see it. And then is Carter going to go five to Seattle, as so many people think? Could that put you know Will Anderson on the board when the Lions are picking there? It's just there's so many variables as to how this thing's going to go. Is Houston going to take a quarterback? Um, does Indy trade up to get the quarterback that they want to get with Arizona and pop up a spot? Or does Arizona trade with somebody who jumps in there at number three to get one? And maybe that takes Indy out of the quarterback situation. There's so many different scenarios that could play out right now. But to me, I still feel like at some point this thing probably comes down to a defensive player for them. But honestly, I'm not going to be shocked at anything that happens because if we've learned anything, it's that most of what we know isn't correct. And most of these mock drafts, if they get eight guys right, will have done a great job. So be prepared for anything. That's what they're doing in Allen Park, and I think that's what we'll see play out on Thursday night. For you, being around the team in Allen Park, calling the games, home and away, doing TV, you're connected to the Lions organization, probably stronger than anybody in the media. If this guy is their guy at six, he's still there and they take him. Who is that name where Dan Miller goes, that's exactly who they needed. That was at the top of my board. Well, the unfortunate thing is I think the answer would be Carter, but I just don't think that – I think there's so many red flags that I think it gives you pause to even think that they would draft him because he is at the position where they have the most significant needs. So I don't think necessarily your needs match up with 
the reality of it? Now, I don't know. Maybe the visit went great. Maybe they love the kid. Maybe this is just a smokescreen, and, and they feel like he's going to come in here and do all the right things. I can't answer that question. But in terms of what's the perfect pick for the Lions, character, concerns, intensity concerns aside, it's, it's Jalen Carr, just because that's where they have uh, the biggest need in the middle of that defensive line. But look, if, if a Will Anderson falls to them or a Tyree Wilson falls to them, I don't think they have a problem drafting another defensive end, edge rusher type of guy, and just putting them in there, keep rolling guys in there, fresh legs, getting after the quarterback, making people uncomfortable. We've seen what it like, it's like when this defense isn't able to do that and we've seen what it's like when this defense is able to do that, and it is night and day. And if you can add somebody else to that, I think that's that's significant. You know, as I've said to you before, I am not in the don't draft a cornerback camp. I think if you truly believe that Witherspoon or Gonzalez is your guy at number six and might be your starter in 2024 if he's not a starter in 2023 based on injuries, then that's something that you have to look at as well because I think long-term – and by long term, I mean next year. You've got question marks in terms of, of you got a one-year deal on Mosley and a one-year deal on, on Gardner-Johnson. And I think if you believe that, that that top flight of cornerbacks, and they won't be there when you come back at 18, when you, if you believe those top flight cornerbacks are the starters, the number ones in this league, and won't be there when you come back at 18, I think it's something you have to strongly consider. And I think it was you last week, about a week ago, I think you were on, or maybe a week and a half ago, where you said don't be surprised that they try and fortify that offensive line with that second first-round pick just because of contracts and where they're going, and you're going to have to pay some guys. You're not going to be able to keep everybody three, four, five years down the road. So that's another position that I don't think it's as sexy as Carter or cornerbacks, but that could be there at number 18 for Holmes and Campbell. I think that's a definite. I think that, you know, look, we, we went through a phase of mock drafts where that was a, a consideration at number six. And I'm not going to grab my chest and fall over if that happens at number six. If they say Skaronsky's our guy and we're going to plug him in and we believe he can play tackle if need be, but we're also going to plug him in a guard and he can be that guy. Look, this team is built around this offensive line. You've paid Decker. You've paid Ragnow. You're going to pay Panay. With all due respect to Jonah, I don't know if they're going to be able to pay Jonah as well what he's going to make as a guard. And if you have a chance to get somebody on a cheap rookie contract, cheap by contrast, um, that probably is a consideration for them. I mean, again, what's the, what is the calling card of this team? It's that offensive line. So you, you keep building that thing. And I do think somewhere in this draft, probably in the first two rounds, there will be consideration given to, to an interior offensive lineman that is going to perhaps replace Jonah at some point um, and possibly start at the other guard spot at some point this year if they feel like he's better than the veterans that they've brought in. And look, that's not me pushing Jonah out of town. That's me trying to figure out what is the reality here. How many of these guys can you possibly pay uh, the kind of money that, that you're looking at? As I said, you've already paid two of them. They're not letting Panay go anywhere. So if there is possibly an odd guy out, it's not a reflection on talent. It's a reflection on premium position. It might be Jonah. 
So they may be looking at saying, some, we get a chance to get that next guy there. That might be something to look at. And I do believe they'll look at that in the first couple rounds of this draft, just a question of where. Yeah, from the Lions wire and Jeff Risden and their latest mock draft, they had the Lions at six taking Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, and at 18 uh, selecting an offensive lineman, a guard specifically, and Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Uh, who's a monster offensive lineman. So a lot of different directions to go. Can't wait for the draft. Dan, always appreciate your time. Stay in touch. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. It'll be fun.